Welcome into the Talk of Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined, as I always am, by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. The Talking Tide Twitter feed is talking underscore Tide. You can get our podcast at our web host at megaphone.com. Also, any podcasting app you might prefer. You can get us on YouTube. You can get us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, you name it. Here on Talking Tide, we are worldwide. Want to thank our sponsors, as always, the fine tandem of Peterbrook, Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa and North River Dental Associates. You keep eating that chocolate, and Dr. Jack will keep cleaning your choppers. <laughs> and uh, DraftKings, of course, our corporate sponsor. Thanks to them as well. And with that, Travis, we jump in to discuss an 80, excuse me, a 100-81 to 81 road loss for the Alabama basketball team against the number one team in the country, Travis, Auburn Tigers. They approve to 21 and one 20 W's for Auburn here, uh, right out of the gate as February begins, uh, nine and Oh, I believe now in Southeastern conference play are the tigers and Alabama falls to four and five in league play. And this was a game Travis where, uh, frankly, Alabama, I thought was overwhelmed by a team that's playing quite a bit better than Alabama is right now. And they didn't play nearly enough defense to win this one. No, an Auburn team going into the game that you knew was going to absolutely attack the paint, look to get to the rim and either score at the rim or create some easy opportunity for guys like Walker Kessler. And the Tigers were absolutely able to do that. I mean, when you look at paint points, 52 to 22, Auburn outscores Alabama by 30 in the paint. And you're going to look at Alabama from three and say, hey, those 14 threes were nice. That's clearly an SEC schedule high for Alabama to this point. 14 made threes. Hatton made double-digit threes in an SEC game until Tuesday night at Auburn Arena. But when you get overwhelmed uh, in paint points and uh, at the free throw line, 39 free throws for Auburn in the game, 31 makes. Uh, 17 to 22 for Alabama, really bench points with Wendell Green Jr. He's a, a bench guy, but when he's on, he's a starter in terms of minutes uh, at the guard position for Auburn. He had 23 off the bench. Uh, transition points, pick a stat. Auburn was just a better team. I thought, you know, Alabama did show a little bit of toughness to start the, third, the second half with that run there to cut it to two. Uh, but just too much Auburn. Auburn understood that, okay, Alabama may hit some threes, but at some point those are probably going to dry up. We're going to keep pounding the paint and getting to the rim, and eventually we'll grow that lead back out, and that's pretty much what happened. Big difference, Travis, between Auburn center Walker Kessler's performance in Tuscaloosa versus Auburn, right? In Tuscaloosa, uh, in the in the game that, that Alabama also lost, Walker Kessler was a non-factor, right? Scored about mm-hmm. two points, got in a lot of foul trouble, fouled out of the game, if I'm not mistaken, and and uh, really pulled a disappearing act in, in Tuscaloosa. Well, he gets home uh, for the rematch and goes for a double-double with eight blocks. So that's, that's a pretty serious impact from your big man, especially when all that's going on really in complimentary fashion to, to what 
Green and and Jabari Smith do scoring wise. They do, and Kessler at seven one impresses me as much as anything with his hands. You know, he makes it look easy. Which you say, well, a lot of these lobs, a lot of these rim touches he gets off of penetration from the Auburn guards, uh, they should be easy. Well, yeah, I understand that, but this is a seven foot one guy. Um, I love his hands, uh, his awareness, um, his ability to sync up with those guards when they look to attack. And, you know, Katie Johnson's another one of those guys, 13 points, but, you know, he was also a problem. I think Auburn just felt like, you know what, we're going to bully this Alabama team off the dribble. And they were able to do that once again. And uh, Kessler, outstanding. You're right. Just 12 minutes of action in that first meeting. You figured he was going to be on the floor more. For the second go around, unfortunately for Alabama, that was the case and put on quite a show. Jaden Shackelford leads the way for the Crimson Tide, 26 points, 5 of 11 from three-point range, 9 out of 10 free throw-wise. Javon Quinterly scores 20 for Alabama, uh, 2 for 8 from three-point range. Alabama, 14 out of 37. You mentioned 14 threes, Travis, so, uh, you know, Percentage-wise, not great, but I guess better than some of the performances they've had. Yeah, they'll take thirty-eight uh, percent. You know, they were, late. I think, under thirty in the league. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know, and, and Shackelford's been really consistent as as a scorer for this team. Uh, but uh, he he needed more support tonight. Noah Gurley with eleven points off the bench. Nobody else in double figures. No, and Quinterly found it in the second half, really got Alabama back into the game there in that run to open the second half. So it was good to see Shaq have someone help him out there from a scoring perspective, but they needed another guy. Keon Ellis wasn't that guy, 3 of 11 from the field, uh, just nine points, and kind of one of those matchups that you were interested in going into the game because both these guys play off on the ball and they come off the bench was – Green for Auburn and J.D. Davison for Alabama. And J.D. with a tough night, 0-5 from the field, uh, four assists. But, yeah, Wendell Green Jr. off the bench with 23 points, uh, eight rebounds, and six assists. So, you know, that was a matchup you were interested in and uh, from a reserves perspective, and Auburn very much got the better end of that one. Up and down for Alabama these days, for sure, Travis. What do you make, it just pulling back and looking over the last three Alabama games instead of just this Auburn game, what do you make of a team that goes on the road at Georgia last week, January 25th? They lose by six to a team that had lost eight straight and did not have an SEC win until yeah. knocking off the Crimson Tide. Well, then you turn around and come home and you knock off a top five team in Baylor, 87-78, for a huge win uh, when it comes to NCAA tournament capital, seeding capital, we'll call it. Uh, And then, uh, you know, at Auburn, obviously a disappointing uh, performance there. It's, uh, It's down, it's up, it's down again. It is, and I know Nate's talked about it. This team seemingly gets up for certain games doesn't for others. Well, I think it was up for taking on the number one ranked team in the country uh, in this matchup, but styles make fights and Auburn right now, that may be the thing we're not talking about enough is that, you know, if Baylor was the fourth ranked team last Saturday in Tuscaloosa, 
there's a pretty good gap between the number one ranked team right now and Baylor because just watching Alabama go against those two teams, pretty clearly Auburn the more impressive of the two. Now, Baylor was down one of its better players. James Akinjo did play in that game on Saturday in Tuscaloosa, but he had missed two of the previous three games. So not just in terms of you know having the requisite pieces to give just about anybody problems on the ball. Auburn's got that uh, at the wing. Uh, they've got it with Jabari Smith and Katie Johnson. And then they've got a real difference maker in the post with Walker Kessler and not just Kessler. I mean, they've got guys on their bench um, like Dylan Cardwell. They can come in in the post and give them quality minutes like he did the first go around uh, against Alabama. So it's a complete Auburn team. Maybe that's what we're not talking about enough, at least in relation to the last two games. Uh, Auburn's just that good right now. What I'm interested in is, you know, how much better can this Auburn team get? I don't know if it needs to, uh, to accomplish pretty much what it wants to this season. It's playing at an extremely high level, but, you know, we do know there's some other teams out there that look like uh, they're on the rise, including the one that will be in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. University of Kentucky up next (laughs) for the Crimson Tide. I think you referenced – uh, this tough stretch of games, Baylor, Auburn, Kentucky, in a previous podcast. It is a mm-hmm. a rough schedule patch, no question about it. That Kentucky game uh, will be Saturday, 7 p.m. Central Time. It'll be an ESPN broadcast from Tuscaloosa. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, as poorly as Alabama looked at times, you made a great point. Look, this is the number one team in the country. Uh, that knocked off Alabama. I'm not going to be surprised if Nate Oates' team uh, comes out guns blazing and knocks yeah. Kentucky off. I mean, it would almost be uh, fitting and and to it, it would almost at this point it's almost what you expect, right? The the up, the down, the up again. It really would be. I think the concern more so than Baylor last Saturday at Coleman and looking ahead to this Saturday with Kentucky is Kentucky's going to bring more in the way of length and athleticism. Oscar Shibway in the post is a monster to deal with. Uh, and Severe Wheeler on the ball, you know, similar to what Wendell Green Jr. is able to do. You know, Wendell Green Jr. in two games off the bench against Alabama this season with 42 points off the bench. So, you know, you've got concerns, I think, much more so with Kentucky and what it's able to challenge you with, and also just the way this Kentucky team looks to be trending right now. I mean, it just went into Lawrence last Saturday night and just start to finish handled Kansas in a tough place to win. Apart from improving from three-point range, which has obviously been a sore spot for Alabama in general uh, of late and, and really going back, quite a few games now, I suppose. Where do you see the biggest need for improvement for the Crimson Tide going forward? You know, I think they just need another guy or two that will, from time to time, put a foot on the baseline and take a charge, you know, on some baseline drives or in transition defense. You know, Shackelford tried early in the game against Auburn, but it was sort of half-hearted. He was either indecisive or just kind of thought, you know, Katie Johnson, once he gets downhill, is sort of like a Mack truck. So, you know, this was a game at Auburn Tuesday night where if you still have Herb Jones, 
Herb would have taken five charges in this game. Um, you know, you wouldn't have seen the point, uh, the paints and the point onslaught like he did with the basketball just going wherever it wanted to go for Auburn. Uh, or he would have fouled out trying. Um, you know, I know Rojas has given them some of that. Uh, Keon from time to time gives them some of that, but just that consistent sort of glue with this team. It just doesn't seem cohesive. It's not to say that these guys don't like playing with one another, but kind of how they play. They're not purposeful a lot of times in what they do, especially on the offensive end. It's fun to watch, but it doesn't always lead to consistency on the offensive end. But for them, you know, it starts as much with, again, uh, toughness, I think, on defense. You know, and uh, not just from a physical perspective. That's part of it. Uh, but sort of that willingness and, I don't know, grit. You know, I mean, you, you talk about hard hat principles and things like that. But, um, you know, it's hard to to draw from much of that. And, again, not to devalue what Auburn accomplished in this game because they are that good. But, you know, for Alabama, at some point, you would think somebody would put a foot on a baseline and say, well, I may get called for the foul, but I'm going to try to take a charge here. Right, right. Yeah, defensively, you've got to pick. If you're not shooting the ball, defense is where it's got to start. You got to get stops if you're not putting the ball in the basket. It's also it's and offensively, Alabama's approach is 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 relatively simple. At the end of the day, it's drives to the basket, it's kickouts, and it's three point shooting. And it's uh, it's simple. It's effective uh, at time. It's effective most of the time. But it's also fairly predictable, Travis. And and sometimes I think Alabama would be well served to send an extra cutter to the basket behind the driver, right? So that maybe maybe it's not a kick out to the three point line every time, uh, right? You know, may, maybe there's a dunk, you know, three feet away uh, with a handoff, that kind right. of thing. You know, just maybe diversify it a little bit. They but, get but, some of that from time to time, especially with Quinterly working downhill and then yeah. you'll see Gary backside cut on the baseline and you know Javon will get him the basketball for an easy opportunity but that's not really their thing they are very dribble drive oriented ball screens coming off of those um you know as you said looking for the pitch out for the open threes and you know they just haven't been a really good three pointing three point shooting team especially in conference play, as we noted earlier, um, 38% in this one, they'll take that at this point. 14 threes, they'll take that. Now they had to get up 37 uh, to get there. But defensively, you know, when you give up 100, that's probably where you're going to look first and foremost. And Auburn's that tough to deal with, man. I know Alabama fans don't want to hear it, but when you got a 6'9 guy, out on the wing and Jabari Smith and you've got a bull in a China shop on the basketball and Katie Johnson. And then you come off the bench with Wendell Green Jr. going for 23 and handing out, you know, five, six assists. Um, you know, it's just a difficult cover for, for a defense when you've got these many uh, potential options. And then Kessler, uh, he makes so many things right on the defensive end. You know, you can yeah. give up dribble penetration on the other end because Kessler's going to you know, clean up the mess at the rim. Um, they've just got a lot of answers right now at Auburn. And fairly surprising to me, really, that this team has not shot the ball from three-point range overall because it's a lot of the same 
faces back from last season. I mean, look, Herb Jones was not a big three-point factor for Alabama last year. He was a huge loss to the team in terms of what he brought, uh, but he wasn't a monster from the three-point line by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Shackelford's back. He was your leading scorer last year. Quinterly's back. So, And, and I yeah. realize you, you lost John Petty, too, but John Petty had some cold streaks from three-point range last year. I mean, this team should – uh, on paper, be knocking them, knocking them home better from long range. Yeah, Quinterly, as I recall, last year was really good in conference play, shooting the three, and he's just been really bad this season in conference play, and he was two for eight uh, against Auburn in this one. So even though he had 20 points, uh, he needed 21 shots to get to 20 points, and, um, you know, it's it hasn't, it just hasn't happened for them. And it's not like they're not getting clean looks. Same thing for Keon Ellis. Um, you know, Keon's getting some of those same looks and uh, they're just not knocking them down. And JD, you kind of expected in this year uh, coming from the high school level and sort of knowing his game coming in that that wasn't going to be a strength for him. So you're trying to cover for him in some ways too uh, when it comes to the three point shot. Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network coming at you. The Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors here, as we always do. We're going to start by telling you all about North River Dental Associates and that outstanding dental service from Dr. Jack Smalley and his great staff of dental hygienists, well-trained cosmetic dentistry, porcelain veneers, laser dentistry, endodontics, dentures. They do it all at North River Dental Always popular as well, the teeth whitening services. Great location right off of Watermelon Road at 1100 Fairfax Park. You know where it is. It's right behind that Jimmy John's as you dip off of uh, 82 headed toward Northport. They're going to get you in and out in less than an hour, typically on a routine cleaning. They're, they're great with dealing with the insurance folks as well. Also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments these days over at North River Dental Associates. If you'd like to give them a call, 752-3506 is the phone number, or visit NorthRiverDentist.com and make an appointment. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. It is officially February. You know what that means, right? Two weeks from Monday. February the 14th, Valentine's Day, and they've got those hand-dipped chocolate strawberries. They're dipped fresh daily at Peterbrook Chocolatier. They're going to be able to take great care of you for that special someone in your life. And hell, who knows? Maybe you're going to gift yourself on Valentine's Day this year. You can do that. Give them a call at 205-752-0211. You can pre-order those outstanding strawberries, and they'll get you set for the biggest day of the calendar year when it comes to that someone special. And that someone special, again, might it might just be you. Peter Brook Chocolates here. Nobody better at a clever turn of phrase than Travis Ryan. Maybe my favorite <laughs> of all time, Travis, is uh, you know it's uh, you know it's over <laughs> when it's what? <laughs> Russell Stover. Nothing, nothing says it's over. Nothing says it's over like Russell Stover. So go to Peterbrook. <laughs> Fantastic. No yeah. doubt about it. All right. Yeah. Our final sponsor, DraftKings. 
Be sure to check them out on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, the moment we've all been waiting for, Bengals-Rams in that Super Bowl. And DraftKings has given out 56 to 1 odds to new customers on either team. You just bet $5, you'll win 280 in free bets if your team wins. The DraftKings Sportsbook now live in New York as well. So you can bet from just about anywhere in the country. New customers also can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Now, the promo code is TPPN if you want those 56 to 1 odds. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Get on there, punch in that TPPN promo code, and away you go. Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the TPPN promo code. You'll get those 56 to 1 odds on either team at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Football League. And Travis, uh, we will uh, talk a little bit of football here before we close things out on this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. I'm coming to you uh, live from semi-live, I guess, live if you're on YouTube or Facebook right now, recorded if not. Uh, from Mobile, Alabama, where the Senior Bowl was going on. The first practice was today. They'll practice again Wednesday, again on Thursday. Of course, the annual All-Star Game will be on Saturday, broadcast on NFL Network. That's a 2.30 p.m. kickoff. And a light contingent from the Crimson Tide this year, Travis. Typically, we see, I guess, at least four, sometimes up to six, roughly, uh, Alabama players in the senior bowl, just a pair this year, Phil Mathis at that defensive tackle spot, Brian Robinson at running back, got a chance to watch both of them a little bit today. Fedarian Mathis, I thought held up quite well. He was impressive among the defensive linemen. I thought the offensive linemen as a whole, uh, were pretty overwhelmed, frankly, in, in the one-on-one pass rush drills that I witnessed. Uh, the defense had a lot for them. Uh, Going to take some some regrouping, I guess, from the OLs. And uh, Mathis was right there in the middle of all of that. Uh, I think he's going to acquit himself quite well this week. Robinson, it's a little tougher to tell. You know, they went through some pass pro drills with the running backs today, simulating blitzing linebackers. Uh, and I thought he did just fine in that regard. He, he was effective in that. Uh, area for the Crimson Tide for sure, and and that showed up again. That'll definitely help his draft stock. What won't help him at the Senior Bowl, Travis, is the fact that in practice all they do is thud it up, right? Nobody gets tackled to the ground, and so if you're Brian Robinson, your game is dragging people, right? Your game is is yards after contact. Your game is power, and so it's a little hard to show that off when it's just a, a thud and, and let him go kind of practice. And so to me, if he's going to make uh, money from the senior bowl, the game on Saturday is going to be more important for, for B Rob than, than the practices necessarily. Yeah. And there's certainly plenty of tape, right? Where Brian Robinson is concerned and not just 250 plus carries in any league. He did it in the Southeastern conference, couple of games against Georgia Certainly, he'll be scrutinized, as we both know. Um, yeah, I would think that, you know, Brian is well-known enough in NFL circles already uh, that maybe that doesn't hurt him as much. But you're right. 
those are the type of situations where he's going to show his best. And uh, during an all-star week, that's probably not the areas where you're going to you know, see guys get a lot of work. And so I, I think Brian is what he is, Chase. You know, he's kind of a one cut, stick his foot in the ground. And, you know, if there's four yards to get, he's going to go get four yards. And there's the chance he's going to break some tackles and make, make it eight, ten yards. So um, I'll be interested to see what he runs, you know, at the combine uh, yeah. and at his pro day. I think that's going to be probably pretty big for him, the shuttle stuff, agility, um, you know, can he can he make at least the first guy miss? He doesn't have to make three or four guys miss, but in the NFL, you got to make that free runner, that safety or whoever comes up. Yeah. You got to be able to beat that guy, and so that's where the questions I think will probably have to be answered for him more than anything. Finally, before we get out of here, a little bit of roster news: Travis Kamar Wheaton, the Alabama running back, heads to the transfer portal. Uh, we hardly knew ye <laughs> comes to mind with Kamara Wheaton, nary a carry, uh, for the highly touted freshman, uh, moving on. And who knows, maybe he decides to withdraw and comes back. You know, we've, we've already yeah. seen that with Jalen Moody. Uh, but I, surprising to you that Kamara Wheaton is, uh, is out in this fashion or no? I think it's always a surprise when the relationship doesn't last more than a semester and it struggled to get through a semester. It sounds like, so you don't like to see it, but as we know, there's always a plan. And part of that probably involved Jameer Gibbs coming in from Georgia tech as a, as a third year player for next year. And a guy that in all likelihood projects as a top two back, if not a feature type back in the Alabama offense in 2022, depending on how Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams come back from those, um, those knee injuries got a couple of backs in this signing class, including one in Jamarian Miller, who is already enrolled. You got a five star coming in the summer and Emmanuel Henderson. So, you know, they're in pretty good shape in terms of quality and quantity. But yeah, you're right. We just never really literally got to see what Kamar Wheaton could do as a member of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Presuming his health would have been good to go. I, I would have thought it would have been a great opportunity for him to get some totes in the spring because, and I'm speculating here, but if Roydell Williams and Jace McClellan aren't going to be participating in the spring with the injuries that they're recovering from, Brian Robinson off to the NFL. Hey, Kamara, and of course you do have the tech transfer uh, as well. But uh, I think, you know, again, assuming health, it would have been a great chance for Kamara Wheaton to show what he could do in the spring. We won't see it, I guess, unless he withdraws that name. Yeah, it seemingly would have set up well for him. Um, but, you know, Trey Sanders, you hope for him. He continues to, you know, improve after that car accident nearly a year and a half ago. It will have been when spring practice gets underway anyway. And thought you saw Trey show improved confidence down the stretch of the season when they really needed him to step up. So between Gibbs and Trey Sanders in terms of availability and Jamarian Miller coming in from the high school ranks, um, you know, that's a lot of what you're probably going to be looking at for spring practice. I'm thinking, and you've seen this, we've seen this in the past, that, you know, guys coming off even ACLs after four or five months, they're able to do limited work at least uh, during spring practice. So maybe with McClellan, 
going down with his in early October by the time we get to March. Not that you're going to really stress him or push him uh, to jump all the way back in there. Maybe we see something from Jace. Maybe we see something from Roy Dell. Right, right. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Enjoyed having us. Uh, as well, Travis, uh, I guess we will reconvene here in another week. Going to be around the corner, spring football, right? We'll be talking spring football, I guess, in no time. We're already into February, so uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, looking forward to our next edition of Talking Tide. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodred of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you next weekend here on Talking Tide.